Hello and welcome to the Aware Parenting Stories podcast. My name is Joss Golden and I'm so happy that you're here. In this podcast series, I interview people who are passionate about parenting. We talk about many things to do with parenting and motherhood and explore the joys and challenges that we all face in our families. The aim of the podcast is to share more about aware parenting, to inspire us all on our parenting adventures, and to support us all to raise our children with more awareness, connection, and love. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Aware Parenting Stories podcast. Today, I am recording an episode in response to a request that I've had from a listener and a client who's asked me to do an episode where I just talk a bit more about compassion, what compassion is, and how we can learn to speak this language with our children and also with ourselves. And of course, compassion is something that we speak a lot about in Aware Parenting. And all the other beautiful conversations that I've had with my guests over the last 40-odd episodes, I talk a lot about compassion and go into it in a lot of detail. But It is something that has been coming up a lot in sessions recently with my clients, and there is often this understanding that we want to be offering compassion to our children and we want to be offering compassion to ourselves, but we just don't know how to, don't know what that looks like, don't know what it sounds like. So thank you very much for writing in and asking for this. And yeah, I'm looking forward to diving into this more. So if you are new to the podcast, hello and welcome. I'm so glad that you're here. And if there's anything that you'd like me to talk about in other episodes, please let me know. And if you're coming back and listening again, thank you so much for for listening, for sharing, for being here and for rating. And if you want to share my podcast, then of course, that really helps me to reach more people. So thank you for that. So yeah, this conversation is really going to be focusing on learning to speak the language of compassion, hence the title. And aware parenting really requires us to be compassionate, both with our children and with ourselves. And it's often necessary for us to keep asking ourselves, how can I be compassionate? How can I offer compassion right now? How could I be respond in a way that is compassionate to myself? And learning to do this isn't easy. It's it's a really long-term, ongoing, challenging process often because most of us didn't receive this kind of response. In fact, a client said to me this week, you know, it's only in aware parenting that people speak like this. People out in the rest of the world don't speak in these ways. So we're not surrounded by it. We didn't receive it. And so we don't learn it. So we have to keep learning. We have to keep coming back to trying to offer ourselves compassion and offer our children compassion and get more and more familiar with what compassion sounds like. And yeah, we don't really have a reference point for that. Most of us, it wasn't modeled to us. And aware parenting really recognizes these universal human needs that we all have for acknowledgement, for kindness, for understanding, to be noticed, to be seen, to be heard, to be unconditionally loved. And of course, that's not just for our children, that's for us too. And so really compassion is is the way that we can offer ourselves to meet these universal needs and, and offer that to our children who need it as well. And we know that how we speak to ourselves has a really huge impact on, on how we feel both physically and mentally. 
And how we speak to our children has a huge impact on how they feel physically and mentally too. So it is a really central thing about aware parenting is this compassion piece, both for us and for our kids. And so I'm going to split the podcast up into, first of all, talking about self-compassion for us and how we might develop and practice this way of talking to ourselves. And then the second part is about how we might offer compassion to our children and what that might look like for them. So self-compassion is really simply a way of relating to ourselves that is forgiving, that is accepting, and that is loving. It's a way to offer ourselves and others who we come into contact with a sense of unconditional love and acceptance. It is a way of offering ourselves and others warmth and gentleness and trust and presence, no matter what is going on around us, and particularly when we are in situations that are really challenging. And as we practice offering this to our children, we practice offering it to ourselves, and then we can practice offering it to others, to our partners, to our parents, to our friends, to our boss, to people in the street, to everybody that we come into contact with. And yes, it's not the norm. It's not the way people speak to themselves or to each other in our culture. So it is a skill. And it is like learning a new language. And so it's really important that that we give ourselves this tenderness and, and care, particularly when we're going through difficult times. And to try to be offering ourselves real understanding and patience about ourselves in this process. And really self-compassion means accepting ourselves and being kind to ourselves and not going into judgment and being instead really tolerant of our of ourselves and our shortcomings and our flaws so it's it's about loving ourselves in this unconditional way so yes yeah, self compassion means showing kindness to ourselves and it's really the process of turning compassion inwards so we're kind and understanding rather than being harsh and self critical if we make mistakes we offer ourselves acceptance and love rather than going into beating ourselves up. We offer ourselves support and encouragement rather than blaming ourselves or judging ourselves, particularly when we have difficulties arising in our lives. And if you can hear those noises in the background, that's my dogs just coming in to give me some love. Dogs are such a a powerful illustration of compassion in, in real life. They're so unconditionally loving and loyal and supportive. So it's nice that they came in right now. So in his most recent book, The Myth of Normal, Gabor Mate talks about five different levels of compassion, which he basically defines as being the ability to be with suffering. And so I'm just going to briefly go through these five levels that he he identifies. The first is a sense of ordinary human compassion, which is our ability to offer empathy, the ability to really get and to understand and relate to the feelings of, of another person and to be aware of others and aware of ourselves when we're in pain and and to just be present with with what is there both for us and for other people. The second level he talks about is the compassion of curiosity and understanding. So that is when we start to explore without judgment the why of, of how somebody is feeling and behaving the way that they are or the why of how we are feeling and behaving in certain ways. The third level is the compassion of recognition 
which is about the perception and appreciation that that we're all in the same boat, that all humans are, are fallible, and then we are able to let go of the judgments and view the hurt in the world as as, as a mirror of, of what we're also experiencing and for others to see themselves reflected in us too. So it's about recognizing this, this shared humanity that, that we all have, which often involves pain and suffering and mistakes and hurt. The fourth is the compassion of truth, which is recognizing that the pain is not the enemy. Instead, it is something that is trying to, to alert us to, to what is necessary, what is amiss, what is, yeah, what is missing. And this holds in it this realization that we can't shield our children or ourselves from the inevitable pain and hurt that we're all going to experience in life. And, and trying to do that is counterproductive. And instead, knowing that healing is about unlearning these ideas that, that we need to protect ourselves from our pain. And so when we offer ourselves this compassion, it's a real opportunity to be courageous and to recognize the truth that when we bring compassion and awareness to our healing, things can feel really painful. And through this process, we get this sort of freedom from, from the pain. It's really about in aware parenting, we would talk about it as really going there and, and connecting with our feelings, even though it's often painful to do so and painful for our children to do so. But with loving support and with loving compassion, we are then able to go there, able to express and to release and to heal. The fifth level he talks about is the compassion of possibility, which is about staying open to the possibility that, that what we need and long for can actually come to us. And I love that sense that it's, you know, there's always the possibility for, for healing and for further self-connection and liberation. So clients often ask me, how do I do this? I understand what it is. I understand why it's helpful for our children and for ourselves, but how can I learn to do this? What does it actually look like? What does it sound like? How can I offer myself compassion? So I'm going to just go through some of the many different ways that we can learn to start doing this and what it might look like for us. And of course, we're all each unique individuals and, and what compassion sounds like and, and how compassion feels is unique for each of us. But there are these basic different ways that we can incorporate into our day-to-day -day lives that, that bring more compassion to us. And I think the first and most important one is that we start to learn to talk to ourselves as we would if we were talking to a beloved best friend. So we can ask ourselves, you know, how would you speak to your friend if she was experiencing exactly what you're experiencing right now? And so often in our culture, we're on the receiving end of invalidation and, you know, having to toughen up and get over it. So you would never say to your friend, come on, it's not that bad, get over it, people have it worse than you. You would most likely say to your friend something like, wow, it sounds so hard for you. Of course, it's so normal and, and natural that you would feel like this. I'm here and I'm listening. Tell me more. And so we can start to offer these things to ourselves when things feel hard. The way I do this is I just close my eyes, I put my hand on my heart and I say, I really hear how hard this is for you right now. I am here. You are not alone with this. I really feel angry or I really feel grief or I really feel whatever it is that I'm feeling, but offering myself these words of, of love and kindness. Wow, 
acknowledgement. It's so hard right now. Oh my goodness, this feels so big. I'm not alone with this. And if my younger parts are being activated and triggered and my inner child is there, I might offer my inner child some loving words too for all the times that I experience pain or, or suffering or whatever it is that's coming up in the moment. So we show ourselves compassion too when we prioritize getting support and listening for ourselves, listening to our feelings. And, and often, as I said, we really need to hear this language from somebody externally in to receive these loving phrases and words in order to know what words we might want to use ourselves. So when we share our feelings with a listening partner or maybe in a session with an aware parenting instructor and they respond with this really this real kindness, this deep compassion to our experience and what we're going through. We we can slowly start to internalize that voice and offer that to ourselves. And I just want to acknowledge here the amazing work of Marion Rose in all of this for myself in, in learning to speak to myself and to offer myself compassion. And if it wasn't for her, I'm, I'm sure I would not be able to be so compassionate with myself or with my children or with my clients or with my friends. So I'm so grateful to you, Marion, for everything that you've taught me about this. And when we acknowledge that it's so normal to, to need support and when we find spaces to share our feelings and to receive compassion, it is so deeply healing for us for our pain so that we have less need for this sort of compassion too because we're healing as we go, chunks of what's come up for us in our lives. We take time to see what our unmet needs are and we find small ways to meet them. And this is such a central part of aware parenting, which is so much about acknowledging and exploring our children's unmet needs, finding ways to meet them, but also exploring ways so that everybody in the family gets their needs met. And this is really hard when we're raising our families in our in these sort of nuclear families, disconnected, isolated from, from tribes of people that we evolved to live surrounded by. And so it can be really hard to find space and time to meet our needs. And often so many of us grew up in a culture that wasn't responsive to us, that didn't support us to express feelings, that didn't support us to, to meet our needs, where we had to disconnect from that authentic self in order to fit in and be safe. And so it can be really hard to learn to do this. But even just bringing our awareness to the fact that we have unmet needs and that that matters is deeply healing. And when we do that, that is showing ourselves compassion. That's exactly what it's doing. It's acknowledging life's difficult and that these things are not being met for us at the moment. Perhaps it could be around connection. Maybe it's around choice. Maybe it's around you know, all kinds of different things. And if you're interested in exploring this more, I'd really recommend the work of Marshall Rosenberg and the, the Center for Nonviolent Communication. They have a needs inventory that can be a really helpful place to start to, to start trying to identify what our needs are. And yeah, often we we haven't identified what our needs are. And so we slowly become more familiar with needs. We learn more about what these universal needs are that many of us have, and we can start to prioritize what our unmet needs are. And often the most compassionate thing we can do for ourselves is to just start by doing one loving thing for ourselves each day. That might be making a beautiful cup of tea and doing it with real mindfulness and, and stirring love and then drinking it in a way that where we're holding the cup and we're really like cherishing every sip. 
or it might be going for a massage or it might be going for a walk on the beach or lots of different things and it would be different each day for each of us but just acknowledging our needs and and taking steps to do one loving thing for ourselves is is often the most compassionate thing that we can do for ourselves in a day we are learning to offer ourselves this soft, gentle self-acceptance as we are learning these new ways of being and as we are unlearning old patterns that we often find ourselves really automatically and unconsciously going into. And again, we, we don't have to heal everything immediately and this healing is a, is a long, lifelong process. But when we are kind and gentle and accepting of ourselves. And when we make mistakes, that is showing ourselves true love and compassion too. Another thing we can do is to, to make time to rest when we when we need to rest. Uh, often this is a really fundamentally unmet need for so many parents. Uh, so often our life is rushed and we don't have the support that we need and we're trying to meet the needs of our children and it, we just don't take time to to rest and replenish ourselves. And so Part of that is about learning the skill of, of interoception where we are tuning into our bodies and trying to recognize what our unmet needs might be and how we're feeling that in our bodies and taking steps to meet those. So, And again, this is something that we are not taught or encouraged to stay deeply connected to. And so sometimes that just means to start off with, we become a little bit more aware of some of the more concrete, obvious signals that our body might be sending us. So perhaps our heart might be beating really fast, or perhaps we might be learning to be aware of, of when we're thirsty and tuning into those signals of, of hunger, or when we need to go to the toilet, or you know all of those basic things that often we are disconnected to. And I know that there's times when I, I just don't drink any water, and then I get to the end of the day and I suddenly realize I haven't drunk anything, and that's a real sign for me to be to be tuning in more, an invitation to be tuning in more. And then slowly we can start to explore some of the more subtle sensations and, and listening to our body. So it could be just tuning in and doing the scan through our body of, of what sensations are we aware of? What are we noticing in our bodies? Perhaps we've got some tightness somewhere. Can we just be with that for a moment and tune into it? Can we just explore it a little more? Or perhaps it's when we're in pain that we, again, listen to our bodies and tune into the pain and the, the tightness that we have there and just through doing that, we learn to, to listen to the messages that our body might be trying to send us. And it takes time to, to build up these skills, to, to be with these feelings, to recognize these messages in our body and to hear them. And again, often we need to be receiving this externally from somebody to support us through these processes of really tuning in and to receive that listening and that compassion in order to be able to offer it to ourselves. And yeah, we make time to, to do things that really restore us. Again, that's whatever whatever that looks like for us. But recognizing when our nervous system is, is in this sort of hyper aroused state, when we're feeling really stressed or when we're very dissociated from ourselves, and then taking steps to really deliberately restore our bodies in a way that takes us back to balance in our nervous system. So that might be might be earthing, it might be doing yoga, it might be doing breath work, it might be meditating, finding things that work for us, small moments that slowly, slowly and incrementally, largely bring our bodies back into balance. 
So we offer ourselves compassion too when we're acknowledging our struggles and and we're taking responsibility for our actions without beating ourselves up. We're not adding shame and more disconnection to it. So it's about learning to put down what Marion calls these shame, judgment, guilt sticks and instead connecting in. That might be saying to ourselves, wow, it's so hard at the moment. I just got so angry. I felt so overwhelmed in that moment and I've just been shouting at my child and I really don't want to do that and I'm not willing to beat myself up about it. I'm really willing to explore why did I do that, to reflect on what's coming up for me. What do I need at the moment? Why did I respond in that way? Bringing our curiosity to it all. And again, sometimes we need to be receiving that externally to help us go through that process so that we can identify what, what's coming up for us, what's unmet, what do we need so that we're less likely to go into that. And yeah, instead of criticizing ourselves for our shortcomings and failings, which is often that automatic voice that we go into, we offer ourselves this kindness and this understanding. And we make time to, to deliberately remind ourselves that yeah, there's no such thing as perfect. And because many of us grew up receiving lots of harsh words and criticisms, we then internalize these ways of speaking to ourselves. And this becomes our normal, our self-talk. It becomes our language that we are most fluent in. And it's often through this aware parenting and learning to listen and to offer empathy to our children. Not only did they then internalize these ways of speaking to themselves with with compassion and kindness, we also can see how powerful it is for them to receive this support and that will encourage us to then be starting to learn to offer it to ourselves. And really, unless we are feeling super stressed and really triggered ourselves, we would never speak to our children in the ways that many of us speak to ourselves or neglect their needs in the way that many of us neglect our own or punish them in the way that we often punish ourselves. So it's about this parallel journey of of recognizing how powerful it is to offer compassion for our children and for them to receive that and to start internalizing that and to use that themselves and learning how We need to offer ourselves so much love for all the times that we were spoken to harshly and all the times that we were led to believe that there was something wrong with us and we internalized this this harsh, critical voice. And then offering loving limits to ourselves. I'm I'm not willing to speak to myself like this anymore. I know there's so much pain here and it feels so big and so hard. I'm going to reach out for support. I'm not going to punish myself. I'm not going to criticize myself anymore. And yeah, we are offering ourselves these loving limits and then we are there and listening to ourselves, to the feelings that are that are underneath that. We are offering ourselves compassion too when we are reminding ourselves that we are worthy, even when we mess up, even when we make mistakes. As I said before, we don't beat ourselves up when we make mistakes. Uh, we don't want to be modeling that to our children and we don't want to be adding pain and harshness and disconnection to ourselves. So again, it, it's often from these voices that we received from others when we were children that encourages us to, to go into this way of speaking to ourselves. Perhaps we were spoken to harshly by our parents or our teachers and we had to believe and internalize these these ways of speaking. We had to believe that it was true in order to, to make sense of the world around us. And we acquired these, these learned ways of thinking about ourselves. And as I said, yeah, we often go straight into these stories about ourselves and unlearning this. 
and instead offering ourselves compassion can be a really tough process. But it's so powerful when we are able to stop ourselves before we go into that judgment and harshness and instead bring ourselves some some love and some kindness and some understanding. And it can be so helpful when we understand that some days are just really hard (laughs) and we all have days in parenting which are just really difficult where our buttons are pushed, where our children are experiencing real challenges and stress, where we're experiencing real challenges and stress. And so, again, that the compassionate way is, is to learn to, to let go of yesterday and, and remember that tomorrow is a new day and to trust, trust that this process is all going to be okay and that we will find our way through it. And so, yeah, we reflect on these struggles and, and we give ourselves love. And for me, a really helpful way to do that was often last thing at night, lying in bed with my children, reflecting back on the day and thinking, you know, how did I respond? And again, without judgment, with lots of love, how might it, I do it differently? What was I needing? What was I feeling? So we can also learn to explore our, our thoughts and to be bringing some inquiry to our thoughts particularly when we are going into these automatic ways of thinking and these core beliefs that we set up and actually inquire, is is this really true? We can start to unpack our thoughts and our beliefs more. We can get curious about where they all came from, about what stories might lie underneath these thoughts and feelings. And we can start to explore what small steps we might take to to change these stories, to change these beliefs and to, to bring that again, that compassion, that kindness, so that we can connect in with what we truly believe now, what is really aligned with what we know now about the world from this more safe, more connected space. And yeah, that brings us this awareness and this loving understanding about our programming, about our imprints and our conditioning, about who we were and who we had to be then, and about who we are now. And we can celebrate ourselves and really acknowledge that we are doing the best we can and that we have always done the best we can and to offer ourselves that deep feeling that even in the past when we made mistakes, even in the past when we didn't do things how we might have done them, had we had the benefit of hindsight, we were still always doing the best we can. And we learn to offer ourselves understanding and kindness and acceptance of all of our all of our parts, all of our personality, even the parts of our personality that we don't enjoy so much. And it's often only really in parenthood that many of this sort of unhealed pain comes up to the surface. So we really need to be receiving compassionate words from others to support ourselves through this process of healing and acceptance and understanding like why we are the way we are, why we behave the way we do and offering ourselves real forgiveness and acceptance in that. And part of that is is forgiving ourselves for, for all the ways that we had to behave that way in the past in order to survive as a child or, or in our earlier adult years. Perhaps there are times when we look back that we behaved in ways that we now really regret, or you know, maybe we have that tendency to go into beating ourselves up about it or to feel really guilty or to feel shame. And again, this self-compassion really just means putting these sticks down. And I love this image that Marianne offers us of of emotional sticks because it really is something that we're holding and we're hurting ourselves with. And when instead we, we just deliberately put it down, 
we stop hitting ourselves with it. We let go. We forgive ourselves. We acknowledge how hard things were. We acknowledge what the reasons were for our behavior. And we remind ourselves that now we know different so we can act differently. And offering ourselves compassion also means giving ourselves tender acceptance of, of our own unique struggles and challenges in life. So often we might have a tendency to go into comparison, comparing ourselves unfavorably to other people. And instead, when we when we are aware that we're going into that and we offer ourselves love and understanding, I really hear how you are comparing yourself right now and how painful that is. And we see our, our younger parts, our inner children with love for all the times it was so hard for them to be compared and to be judged and, and we listen to, to what those younger parts want to tell us. And then we, we slowly learn to, to know and to feel that we really are all unique beings on our own journey. We're facing our own struggles and we're finding our own way through life. So we can't compare ourselves to others because they are their own unique beings on their own unique journey with their own unique experiences. And so when we find ourselves going into comparison, and this often comes up in parenting, we might compare our children to other people's children. We might compare our children's behavior to the way other people's children behave. Or we might compare our parenting to other people, perhaps to uh, somebody who we really admire in parenting. So we are again and again invited to recognize that we're going into comparison, to offer ourselves deep love and acknowledgement and to come back to this real understanding that we are all unique and so we can't compare. And offering us compassion also means that forgiveness when we have these inevitable moments when we act harshly to our children, which we all do. And you know, sometimes we read the Aware Parenting books or sometimes we listen to Aware Parenting podcasts and it seems that yeah, everybody else has got it together, everybody else is always doing Aware Parenting right, in inverted commas. And we're the only ones who are making mistakes or responding harshly to our children. And that is just simply not the case. We all have these moments where we respond harshly to our children, where our pain is touched, where our unhealed trauma is touched, and we respond with harshness. We get angry. We shout. We are um, short-tempered. We are unkind. And that is inevitable. And so with aware parenting, we know we can forgive ourselves. We know that that's okay because we have these powerful processes of rewind and repair. And we know that that is just immensely powerful for our children. We can say to them, I'm sorry, I acknowledge that I was harsh to you. I imagine there may be feelings there for you as a result of that. I'm here to listen and I'm going to get more support so that I process what's going on for me. It's not your fault. And all of these things are deeply healing for our children and they bring us closer together because we understand each other better. I've said this so many times in my podcast and I really, really am so passionate about ensuring that people really get this and really feel this. And me too. It's okay to make mistakes as long as we acknowledge that we've made mistakes, as long as we listen to feelings, as long as we get more support for ourselves. And we offer ourselves compassion when we really appreciate and acknowledge how hard it is to be trying to offer our children what we didn't receive and what we haven't yet learned to offer ourselves. And we understand that, yeah, it's inevitable that in parenting is going to be an imperfect and, and bumpy ride sometimes. So it's huge what we're trying to change in, in one generation to 
to do what we can to stop this transmission of trauma from one generation down to the next in our behavior and to change things and to and to offer less and less of this to our children and, and to offer them more and more healing. It's a big, big thing that we're doing when we don't have the support ourselves and when we're doing it in a culture which largely doesn't recognize what we're doing, doesn't understand what we're doing and doesn't support what we're doing. So yes, so much of compassion is about being kind to ourselves when we're having a tough time and when we fail or when we notice something that we might not particularly like about ourselves. And when we are first learning this way of being, it's it's difficult. It's really difficult. And we often add that extra shame and that extra disconnection when we go into this, this harsh and critical way that we've learned to speak to ourselves. So the more that we practice aware parenting, the more that we are offering our children this compassionate kindness, the more we can imagine our younger parts receiving these words that we offer to our children, and the more that we can start offering those words to us in the present. Being compassionate is also about not ignoring our pain or, or pushing through or coercing ourselves or feeling that we have to have this kind of stoic get on with it. Instead, we we pause. We acknowledge that things are really difficult. We tune into to what we need. We tune into how we're feeling physically and mentally. And we, we ask ourselves, you know, how can I offer myself comfort and care right now? And Yes, this often means, as I said, embracing our, our messy parts as we learn to, to heal and, and reparent ourselves. And taking care of ourselves and our needs, it means becoming aware of, of the importance of, of nurturing our souls and taking care of ourselves and not putting ourselves last and trying to view all of ourselves, the imperfections and all, without judgment, but with this unconditional love. And I remember I always have said to my children, I love you because of who you are, not because of what you do. And learning to offer that to myself has been so powerful. When I can just say that to myself, when I'm going into beating myself up, I can say, oh, Joss, I love you because of who you are, not because of what you do. You deserve love because of who you are, not because of what you do. And it's not in the sort of affirmation spiritual bypassing way. It's really about acknowledging the deep pain of, of not feeling that whilst also acknowledging that, that we are deserving of receiving that. And offering compassion as well is, is around trust, trusting ourselves, trusting our children, accepting that it's often really hard to trust ourselves because we weren't trusted when we were kids. And we often couldn't trust the adults in our lives to be able to meet our needs or to listen to our feelings. So we learned that people and life and ourselves are, are not to be trusted. And so again, when we're bringing this compassionate acknowledgement and love to our parts that are struggling, and when we can connect into that sense of trust, we can slowly cultivate more and more trust, reminding ourselves that it's now safe, safe to trust ourselves and safe for us to trust others. And I love what Gabriel Mate talks about in terms of the, the bigger picture of all of us in this, in this big culture where we're all perfectly imperfect and we can accept the, both the, the wonder and the imperfection of our, of our shared humanity. And this process really does take time. It's something that we keep coming back to. And often when we first start this process to receive and offer ourselves this sort of unconditional love, we get lots and lots of feelings coming up to the surface because many of us, it's the first time we've ever received these kind of words 
first ever had acknowledgement of, of the suffering of our of our younger parts of our inner child that has just been waiting and longing to receive this gentle care. So often when we start this process, lots of feelings come up. And again, that's when it's really important to be receiving this compassion externally so that we can be offering it to ourselves too. So yeah, I think the most important thing of all is to reach out for help. We all need spaces where we can share authentically what we're feeling, what we're thinking, what we're believing, and to have that met with empathy, to be seen, to be acknowledged, and to be heard with loving kindness. And the more that we're receiving that externally, the more that we're offering that internally. The other thing that Gabor Mate talks about in his book, The Myth of Normal, which again, I highly recommend reading, is some really helpful, tangible processes for offering ourselves what he calls compassionate self-inquiry. So he asks these beautiful questions that I'm, I'm going to share with you here. And again, yeah, I would really recommend buying his book and, and reaching out for help in this process. So the first question he asks is, in my life, what am I not saying a no to? With whom and in what situations do I find it most difficult to say no? Do you do that reluctantly or, or do you do that with guilt if you ever do say no? And again, bringing our awareness to this is really helpful for us to reclaim that authentic connection to ourselves and, and to be showing ourselves such compassion and such kindness to not be forcing ourselves to be or not saying no to things that are that are a no for us. He asks, how does my inability to say no impact my life? And, and again, bringing our awareness and our understanding to, and our curiosity to how it might be affecting our physical health, our emotional health, and, and our interpersonal relationships too. He invites us to ask, what bodily signals have I been overlooking? What symptoms have I been ignoring that could be a warning sign for me, that could be trying to give me a message? And again, we often need support to, to identify this. He invites us to ask, what is the hidden story behind my inability to say no? So what is it that's there? What are our imprints and our conditioning around taking care of ourselves, around connecting with our authentic desires, around saying no to others? What is the story there? Is it really true? Or is it now safe for us to be able to say no? So he asks you, where did I learn these stories? It can be a really powerful process to explore. He asks, where have I ignored or denied the yes that wanted to be said? And I think that's so powerful. And again, I really want to acknowledge both Gabor Mate's work and also Marion Rose and her amazing work around this, around connecting with our yeses and our noes, our love and our will. And uh, the last one that Gabor Mate invites us to explore is to bring our conscious awareness to our thoughts, especially those like really self-limiting ones, seeing where they came from and asking if, if they're really true and exploring what these beliefs have done for us. So this is all ways that we can bring more compassion, more curiosity, uh, more compassionate curiosity to ourselves, to what our experiences are and to how we're feeling and thinking. So now I'm just going to talk briefly about offering compassion to our children. And of course, this is such a central thing in aware parenting. It's really aware parenting for me is all about connection and compassion for our children. That's that's really what it is at its core. And as I said, often for many of us, it's it's easier for us to offer this to our children than it is to offer it to ourselves. But by practicing offering it to our children, 
we can then learn to offer it to ourselves more as well. So being compassionate to our children means seeing them uh, in their goodness, as their innate uh, natural selves as being good, being worthy, being by nature loving and beautiful and unique souls. And as often as we can, coming back to that. And this can be really hard if, if their behavior is super challenging and that we're having really stressful, difficult times. It can be really hard, particularly in our culture that misunderstands all this, to, to not go into that, so that they're naughty or that they're bad or that there's something wrong with them. And so, yeah, if we're tending to go into that, can we reach out for more support? So increasingly we come back to seeing and appreciating the goodness of who they are by nature, the lovableness of who they are, the uniqueness of who they are. And yeah, this compassion for our children means understanding this relationship between behavior and feelings and needs and thoughts. And this is such a beautiful part of aware parenting that invites us again and again to see when our children are behaving in ways that is really challenging. It is a sign that they are struggling and that they're needing support. It's not that they're deliberately making our life harder or manipulating us or being bad or that there's anything wrong with them. It is a sign that they need our support. It is a sign that they've been pushed into this hyper-aroused state or that perhaps they're in this hyper-aroused state chronically in response to some kind of trauma that they've experienced that they haven't been able to process and let go of. And as a result, they're behaving in these ways that are post-traumatic symptom behaviors. So again, when we keep reminding ourselves and really understanding that, that that is what is going on with our children we can come back to being so much more compassionate with them because we can see that they're struggling and that they need us rather than seeing them as being naughty or needing to be taught or to be controlled or to be punished into behaving well. Compassion for them means offering them understanding and love and empathy when they're upset. I so hear you, sweetheart. I hear how hard it is right now. I'm right here and I'm listening. We acknowledge their struggles without trying to fix or distract them or to make it go away. We welcome their feelings. We see when they're having a hard time and we're there, we're listening, we're acknowledging, we're noticing. I'm right here, sweetheart. I see how hard it is. I'm listening. Tell me more. What else? It's just such a beautiful thing to offer our children. It's so powerfully healing for them. It's such an integral part of aware parenting. Again, we are being compassionate with our children when we're not punishing them, when they make mistakes. We're not having any punishments of any kind in our family. And again, we're also not rewarding them when they behave in ways that are uh, more in line with what we really want them to be doing. Our children can't feel safe. They can't feel compassionate connection with us if they are in fear of being punished. And they can't stay connected to their authentic self, deeply connected with who they are, if they're in an environment where they have to compromise that in order to save safe and not be punished. We are offering our children compassion when we share kind, loving words with them as much as we can, when we are being respectful, when we are having respectful conversations with them, when we are acknowledging their point of view, when we are listening. We don't necessarily have to agree. We don't necessarily have to do what they are asking for. There's all these beautiful tools in aware parenting of dealing with control patterns and supporting them or offering them loving limits and so on. But when we can meet what they bring us with loving kindness as much as we can, it is deeply, deeply healing for them. 
Similarly, offering play and laughter and fun for their lives whenever we have capacity to do so is the most compassionate thing we can do because it is building emotional safety, because it is creating connection, because it is offering them opportunities to heal through laughter and through feeling powerful, through symbolic play, through contingency play. They're feeling this deep connection with us through these physical touch games, all the other beautiful, beautiful tools of attachment play offering our children so much compassion and love. As I said before, it's rewinding and repairing when we react to to them in ways that don't align with our values. Anytime we get angry and yeah, we all inevitably do it. And I just want to say it again and again, you're still aware parenting, even if you're responding to your children harshly, as long as you are coming back and trying to repair, to reconnect and to rewind with them. And as often as we can, we're responding with softness, with touch, with connection, and with love, particularly when they're making mistakes, particularly when they're getting things wrong. And I love that's the saying that um, Elisa has in her books that, you know, it's when our children appear to be deserving the least of our love is when they need it the most. So the more we can offer them loving kindness and connection in those moments, the more we are truly meeting their needs. And yes, our compassion is is offering them unconditional love as much as we can. So trying to check in with ourselves, are we truly being unconditional? And if not, what's there for us? What's coming up for us? What can we take to our listening partner? What can we explore so that we can come back to being truly unconditional as much as we can with our children and check in that they're really feeling that our love is unconditional because we are responding to them in these loving ways, regardless of how they're behaving and especially when they're making mistakes. So they really do feel that we love them because of who they are, not because of what they do or don't do. So those are some of the ways we can offer compassion to our children. And as I said, yeah, the more we offer ourselves compassion, the more we offer our children compassion. And the more we offer our children compassion, the more we can offer ourselves compassion. And in fact, we really can't be offering this to our children unless we are also receiving it, whether that is coming from ourselves or externally or ideally both. And the more we can respond to our children in ways, these ways, the more this is going to become their internal dialogue. So they will grow up being adults who are full of compassion for themselves and for others. And I see this in my children again and again and again, that they offer themselves compassion, that they offer me compassion. And yeah, I have so many examples of where I've struggling, I've been struggling with something. And my children now as, as adults and older teens offer me such beautiful kindness, such understanding. They never respond to me with criticism or with judgment or harshness. And unless, of course, they're being triggered by their behavior, but in response to me, they're, they're never like that. And so it's it can be so hard for us to turn down the volume on that critical, judgmental, harsh voice in our head that just jumps in and jumps out at our children too when we're feeling stressed and overwhelmed. But the more that we're reaching out for support, the more we're receiving this compassion from our listening partner or from an aware parenting instructor or doing courses or doing journaling or whatever it is, the more practice we get at speaking this new language and we get fluent in speaking this language more and more. So I really encourage you, as I said, Marion Rose's work is absolutely amazing in this. She has lots of beautiful courses in this. Can you reach out to a listening partner? Can you start doing journaling? Can you have sessions with an instructor? 
as you learn to bring all these beautiful practices more and more to your life and to your children's life. If you want more support with this, you know where I am. Please reach out to me. I'm so here to support you. And I'm so willing for everybody to to learn to speak to themselves more kindly, to learn to offer themselves more compassion. And I, I know from my own personal experience how harsh it is to judge ourselves and criticize ourselves, how natural and automatic it is often to go into these ways of talking to ourselves, and how possible it is to unlearn that and to instead increasingly learn to offer ourselves deep love and acceptance, which is really what we're all craving as humans. So how powerful when we learn to offer that to ourselves. So I'm sending you lots of love and compassion. I wonder how you're feeling after listening to this. If you have other things and other practices that you use to bring more compassion to your life, I'd love you to come and share them with me, uh, connecting with me on my social media, where Parenting with Joss or, or via my website. I'd love to hear if you have other things that support you in this process. And as I said, if there's anything else that you would like me to talk about in future, please let me know. I would love this podcast to be really supporting you. And I'm very excited about a new series of conversations that's coming out this week, next week rather, uh, where I'm going to be talking to the wonderful Danny Willow and sharing more about all the beautiful aspects of aware parenting. And if there's anything you'd like us to talk about, please let me know. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please share it. Please offer me a rating. Please subscribe. It makes a difference so that that more people learn about this beautiful aware parenting work, the amazing work of Aletha Salter, the amazing work of Marion Rose. And lastly, if you want to join my mailing list, I don't send out lots and lots of emails, probably just once a week. If you would like to join my mailing list and hear more about what I offer and my articles and my courses and so on, please uh, use the link in the show notes. Sending you all so much love and compassion for you and your children and your spouse and your friends and all the people that you're coming into contact with, how together we can so powerfully co-create together a world that is more compassionate, more kind, more understanding. Lots of love. Thank you for joining me on Aware Parenting Stories. I hope you enjoyed this episode. To find out more, please visit my website, www.awareparenting.com.au and follow me on social media at Aware Parenting with Joss. I wish you much connection and love on your parenting adventures. Mm-hmm.